Hello, and welcome to the Your Caring Docs podcast, where we provide general medical information about what's going on inside your body so you can feel well-informed. And who doesn't want that? But keep in mind, we are not making any diagnoses here. And if you are concerned, please contact your medical provider. Let's get started. Hey, 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 it's Dr. Tamara Beckford with Your Curing Dogs. Yes, we are back, 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 back with some great info. All right, it's Friday. We're looking like what's going on. Yes, we had some spottiness early on, but like we said, we're not stopping greatness. This is info that we all need. So I'm like, I'm going to jump back on and let's get this party started. Fry, yay. Yes. So as I said, I'm Dr. Tamara Beckford with Your Caring Docs. Today, we're going to go over some info that's very important. It's for all the ladies out there. But men, this is important for you to know too. Why? You have a sister, you got a cousin, you have an aunt, mom. Everyone needs to know <clears throat> about this great info. All right, we're about to get started. So what is Dr. Beckford going to be talking about today? Boom. Let's see. What am I going to be talking about today? Some great info. Y'all going to need it. Yes. And you are going to love it. Alrighty. So what am I talking about? Boom. Pelvic inflammatory disease. That's right. Pelvic inflammatory disease. Like I said, it's important for all the ladies out there, right? Let's have a talk. Let's, you know, talk behind the scenes but through the internet so we can know what's going on in our body, right? Okay, so here we go. Let me tell you, before we go any further, I will be remiss if I didn't ask y'all. I love that you guys are here every Friday. My heart, I love it. But I want you guys to do me one little favor. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Yeah, share this info with your friends. Hit that subscribe button, hit that bell, follow. Yes, get that notification so you can be the first to know what's going on with your caring docs. We got a lot of things in store. So come on now, you need to jump on it, right? Let's go. Why are we talking about pelvic inflammatory disease? I mean, like, yeah, that's not having nothing to do with me. Uh-uh. No, we're talking about it. Why? Because each year, one million women in the U.S. get a, develop PID. One male. One million, that's a whole lot of folks, people. One million women in the U.S. get pelvic inflammatory disease. And another term for pelvic inflammatory disease, we go and just say P-I-D, right? So what is pelvic inflammatory disease? Pelvic inflammatory disease is an infection and inflammation of the female reproductive organs. So what are those? So we all know, you know, you have the vagina and then we have the cervix, Right. And then we have the uterus, which is the vessel, the fallopian tube, and then you have the ovaries, right? So the vagina, cervix, the vessel, which is the uterus, fallopian tube, and then you have the ovaries. So from the cervix upward, yes, female reproductive organs, right? So if there's an inflammation starting from the cervix upward, that's pelvic inflammatory disease, right? So what causes pelvic inflammatory disease? One third, that's right, 33% of it is caused by gonorrhea and chlamydia. 33. So it's so prevalent that 
if a patient comes in to the ER or they're being seen and there is a chance that, you know, based on the symptoms and the physical exam and everything else, that they have pelvic inflammatory disease, you're going to get treated for gonorrhea and chlamydia because it's just so prevalent. Yes, approximately 33%. So one third of it is caused by that. Now, is it all caused by that? No, 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 no. There are other less common bacteria that can cause this, right? So they're through different scenarios, which I'll go over, which can also cause pelvic inflammatory disease. So through menstruation, why? Well, we talked about the cervix. The cervix is the, the guard, right? That's why I put it like this. So the cervix is the guard. And then we have the vessel, which is the uterus. And when with menstruation, we have flow coming downward, right? So now the cervix is kind of letting go so things can come out, right? Now what can happen? You can also have the backflow, right? So the cervix opens up a little bit or you have, you know, that barrier is not as strong during that time. And so you can have the backflow up and then you can increase your risk for pelvic inflammatory disease at that time. Then you also have childbirth. Think about it, the vessel, right? So especially if you had a prolonged birth and they had to, you know, go in and help to get everything out, or even if you had C-section, yes, and they had to scrape and clean all these things and get everything out, then the vessel, which is where the baby was, can become inflamed, right? And if the vessel becomes inflamed, then you can get an infection in the area pelvic inflammatory disease, abortion, miscarriages, and also IUD placements. Why? Same thing, going in into that vessel, right? And therefore you can have a risk of infection and therefore the pelvic inflammatory disease. So those are some of the risk factors we talked about, right? The most common is gonorrhea and chlamydia. Yes, sexually transmitted infection. And also other risk factors now is having sex earlier than 25 years. They've noticed in the research that that has been something that's pretty common. So they've added that as, you know, that's a risk factor. Having multiple sex partners is a risk factor. Having unprotected sex, right? Not using a condom and you can get introduced, what? Infection, sexually transmitted infection, and therefore increases your risk. Um, we talked about the IUD placement a little while ago, right? So what will happen during approximately the first three weeks after the IUD placement, right? It's going through the cervix up into the vessel, which is the uterus. So within the first three weeks after that, there's an increased risk. Does it happen to everyone? No, no. This is not telling you to stop getting IUD. It just knows that that is a risk factor. And your doctor will go over that with you, right? Douching. What are you doing? Like, so with the douching, you're irritating the cervical membrane, right? The cervix is the guard. So you're there throwing all of these chemicals and therefore you're disturbing the membrane and it can weaken. And that's what can increase your risk of having um, the pelvic inflammatory disease. Now, they say that they see a correlation. It's not necessarily that they can tell if there's a cause and effect, but it seems like there's a correlation between that, right? Now, having a history of pelvic inflammatory disease in the past increases your risk of having pelvic inflammatory disease in the future. Yes, if you've had it before, then it increases your risk of having it again, right? So what are some of these symptoms of this pelvic inflammatory disease? Pain, 
yeah, in the lower abdomen. So the lower abdomen is, is the lower part of your belly, like right underneath, right there. So that's where the pelvis is. And patients would usually have pain in that area, right? So pain, and then some people will have fever. So you have a fever, and then some might even have chills. So fever, chills, lower abdominal pain, and then you have a foul vaginal discharge. Yes, those are increased risk factors. If you're having all of this, then you need to think like, hmm, there's a possibility that I might have an infection in my pelvic area. And you want to go and get it checked out, right? Now, if you're also noticing that you're having burning with urination, and then you might have pain during intercourse or even bleeding during intercourse right? So the cervix is getting irritated. It's already irritated by the bacteria. And therefore you'll notice that you spot or bleed or also having bleeding in between your regular menstrual period time. You're having that belly pain. It's not your period. It's in between or during intercourse and you're spotting or bleeding and having a lot of foul discharge. Then you need to think, hmm, there's a possibility that, you know, there's a pelvic inflammation going on. I need to go get seen, right? Absolutely. So how do you diagnose pelvic inflammatory disease, right? So the medical history and the sexual history. So when you go to the doctor, your doctor will ask you, you know, do you have any medical problems? And you might go in and say, hey, doc, this is what I'm experiencing, right? I'm having pain during intercourse. I'm starting to notice this foul discharge that's coming from my vagina, right? So those are some of those things. So the doctor will say, okay, well, let's do an exam. So you'll get a pelvic exam done where they'll see, you know, the discharge, and then they'll also, you know, capture cultures, right? They'll also check the cervix, right? They'll check your cervix. So your cervix is here. And like we said, it's nice and firm and guarded. Now, when they move the cervix from side to side and you have excruciating pain, that says, okay, well, there's an inflammation going on in that area, right? There's an inflammation going on. So that's called cervical motion tenderness. So we move the cervix and you movement of the cervix causes tenderness. So that's cervical motion tenderness. That's correct. So now, additionally, They'll check the back of the um, vaginal area, right? And then why are they checking there? Because we said we have the cervix, right? So then we have the vessels, the fallopian tube, the ovaries. So they're checking the back area because they're checking your ovaries and your fallopian tube. If you have a pelvic infection, you're having chills and fevers, you could have developed an abscess in that fallopian tube area. And that's called a tubo ovarian abscess. That's a big abscess that, you know, can occur in that area. Now think about it. Normally you don't have abscesses in that area. So if you're having fever, chills, and then they feel that mass back there, and it's like, okay, well, this person probably has an abscess, right? So you can get it verified with an ultrasound. So the ultrasound will look and the ultrasound said, mm-hmm, yeah, she got an abscess. Yeah, so the ultrasound will give that verification for that. Now, some might not be able to determine all that. And in rare cases, you might get a biopsy of the endometrium. And if you're having really bad discomfort and you're not really sure, then you might get an laparoscopic um, procedure to see what's going on, right? So to see what's going on. And we'll talk about that a little bit later also. So a 
Pelvic exam is an important part of determining and diagnosing PID, right? So, all right, I got my pelvic exam and okay, doctor said you got PID. Well, how is it treated? Well, remember that we said approximately 33% um, of one third of those are from a sexually transmitted infection. So antibiotics to treat the sexually transmitted infection is very, very high on the list of treatment plan, right? Especially if that fits the scenario, it fits the history and everything we talked about. So antibiotics, oral antibiotics, are um, part of your treatment plan or a shot, right? Now, say you've gotten treated, say you develop pelvic inflammatory disease after childbirth, right? You have your oral antibiotics and you're not improving. You're starting to get fevers, chills, and you're getting worse. Or the same thing, if it's because of a sexually transmitted infection and you're getting worse, then what's happened? You're gonna go back and you're gonna get IV antibiotics. And at that point in time, you usually need to probably stay in the hospital for IV antibiotics, right? Now, when someone is being treated for the sexually transmitted infection that caused that PID, then that partner needs to also be treated, right? Why? Because if the patient is treated and the partner isn't treated, the patient goes back and have intercourse with the partner, boom, she's right back at the beginning, right? They're developing that same infection that caused the PID in the first place. So therefore, the patient and the partner needs to be treated, right? And during the treatment period, you need to get rid of all of that bacteria before you can start having sex again, right? So you're gonna have temporary abstinence, right? You need to get rid of all of that that's causing it, treat and get rid of all the bacteria, get it out of the system, get it killed, and then you can resume intercourse. So you're gonna have temporary abstinence during that period. Now. There's another treatment plan. Remember, we said, save that patient had the abscess there, right? So if she had the abscess, then you're gonna need that abscess to be drained. And that's usually done through a, a surgical procedure, right? So antibiotics in the hospital, IV, pain medication, and also surgery, surgical drainage of that abscess, right? So that's if you have a tubo ovarian abscess, that's how that is treated. Now, how do you prevent PID? Practice safe sex. Safe sex, that's correct. So using a condom and if you're having, you know, also reducing the partner amount of partners. So the more sexual partners that a woman has, she increases her risk of developing PID. That's just the stats, right? Now also getting treated and tested for sexually transmitted infection is also important. If you start to feel any discomfort, go get tested right away and get treated right away, right? So that's how you prevent the pelvic inflammatory disease. Now, why is all of this important? I mean, like, why did Dr. Beckford decide to go talk about PID? Like, why can't she talk about something else, right? It's important because it's a part of woman's health. And why is that important? Because once a woman gets PID, she's six times more likely to be have an ectopic pregnancy. And remember, like we said, like, you know, you increase the risk of PID if you have it um, during, like if you're having intercourse 
younger than 25 years of age. And we all know that, yeah, kids are having sex. So it's important for them to know what's going on in their body, right? To know that if you're having any of these signs or symptoms, you need to get treated, right? Because later on, it increases your risk of developing an ectopic pregnancy. And so, you you know, you say all that and they're like, well, I don't know what an ectopic pregnancy is. What's this woman talking about? Okay. I'll tell you what an ectopic pregnancy is. Let's talk about what the regular pregnancy is first, right? So usually when you have the embryo or the implantation of the embryo, so the egg, you know, moves along and it's ready to implant, it implants in the vessel, right? Which is the uterus. Now, an ectopic pregnancy is when that embryo does not implant in the uterus. It implants elsewhere. And a great um, portion of the time, it'll implant in the fallopian tube, right? So in the fallopian tube. Now, why is that important? Because the fallopian tube is but so big. It cannot hold a growing um, embryo that's going to try to grow up into a, a fetus. So after it gets to a certain age or not even age, a couple of weeks, then boom, it can rupture that uterus. So when that uterus ruptures, that female can bleed out. If she's not seen and treated immediately, she can bleed out and she could die, right? So that's why it's important to know that if you have that risk factor of developing an ectopic pregnancy, then you want to not do that, right? So you want to be able to know and be treated for the pelvic inflammatory disease right away. The other thing is that some people, when they develop pelvic inflammatory disease, I've given you all the signs and symptoms. Some people's symptoms are milder. They might not have that vaginal discharge. Mm -hmm. They might not, it might not be in like foul and they might not even notice it. And so they ignore it. When that happens, then later on, they can, with the pelvic inflammation, they have the inflammation not only in the cervix, the vessel, the fallopian tube, the fallopian tube can become scarred. Mm -hmm. So it becomes scarred because the inflammation in there, and that can lead to infertility. So later on, when that young lady is trying to start a family, she might have issues starting a family. Why? Because the fallopian tube is scarred and therefore she's unable to get that egg to unite with the sperm because nobody's meeting each other, right? And therefore infertility can occur. So it's stated that by the CDC that um, approximately 8% of that can occur after one, after one incident of pelvic inflammatory disease. And as high as 40% after having three cases of or times having pelvic inflammatory disease. So a woman who's had pelvic inflammatory disease three times is 40% likely to have some type of scarring that can lead to infertility. And that's why it's important for us to know this, right? It's important. So the other thing is that women also will have chronic abdominal pain and like it's just there. No one can figure out what's going on. You know, you're treated for the infection. Infection is gone, but you're still just having pain later on in life, just lower pain. And part of it is because of the pelvic inflammatory disease from earlier. And therefore, it's important for us to know all of this, right? So that you're not going to suffer. You're not having the emotional stress that can occur with that, right? So here is a bonus. For those of you who love to know and are in the knowledge game system and you want to be able to, you know, give a little, hey, Majapula knowledge on somebody else, here is a little thing. It's called Fitzhugh-Curtis syndrome. 
So Fitzhugh Curtis syndrome, what is that? It happens as a complication of pelvic inflammatory disease, right? So we talked about pelvic inflammatory disease being an inflammation. You have the cervix, you have the uterus, which is the vessel, fallopian tube, and the ovaries, right? Now, when that area is all, it's inflamed, that inflammation go, can go in through the abdomen and up by the liver. So what you're seeing here is actually this patient's liver, and this is scarring from the bacteria. Yeah, that's causing inflammation and scarring on the liver, and the liver is being stuck to the intestine. So a patient with the Fitzhugh Curtis syndrome is going to come in where they're having that pelvic pain, the vaginal discharge, foul discharge, they're having fevers, and they'll probably be having right upper quadrant pain. So they're coming in and you're like, right upper quadrant pain, there's something wrong with the gallbladder? Mm -mm. Fitzhugh Curtis syndrome, right? So that's just a little knowledge for those of you guys who wanna be able to drop that knowledge on somebody else, right? That's Fitzhugh Curtis. So that's us and that's what we learned all about pelvic inflammatory disease and why it's so important for us to all know it, share it with our friends, family, so that they can know what's going on. Now, let me know, did you like this info? If you did, boom, 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 hit that like button, hit that like button. What did you take away from this? Did you learn anything? Comment, yes, leave a comment, let me know. Do you know anyone who can benefit? Yes, you do, why? Because you know a sister, you got a friend, you have a female friend, you got a cousin, a mommy, auntie, yes. All the females out there can benefit from know about what's going on and what is pelvic inflammatory disease. So share it with them. Let them know, right? Put everybody in the knowing. And do not forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We really appreciate having you here, right? That's www.com, YouTube slash your Karen Docs. That's U-R-C-A-R-I-N-G-D-O-C-S. I'm Dr. Tamara Beckford with Your Karen Docs. I appreciate you guys for watching and I will see you guys next week with some great info. If you wanna hear other topics, leave a comment, let me know. Let's get this party going, all right? Thank you so much for watching, guys. I really appreciate you. See you next week. You have been listening to the Your Caring Docs podcast with Dr. Tamara Beckford. We hope you got some great info and we will see you next time.